Did you just hit something? No, it was like a sonic boom outside, I think. Weird. Christmas thunder. It's <laughs> <laughs> my nickname in high school. <laughs> I think you're going to have to explain that because that was too weird. We just would like to remind you that none of the things that we say should be taken as official recommendations. We try to know what we're talking about, but this podcast ultimately represents the opinions of a couple yahoos with master's degrees. It's (laughs) mainly for entertainment. Right. So if you feel that you need help with your own mental health, we encourage you, please talk to your very own doctor or your very own counselor. Get real help. And remember, this podcast is not safe for work, so listen with headphones. Hello and welcome to Freudian Sips, the podcast about brains, beverages, and other BS. I'm Bonnie. And I'm Anna. And happy holiday season, everybody. Happy winter. Happy winter. There's all kinds of celebrations that happen. So many festivals, so many traditions. So many things we can't do that we usually do. So many things. Because there's a pandemic. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, so many, guys. Sorry. So many broken traditions. <laughs> oh, my heart is breaking. I know. It's really sad. But it's okay. Because you know what? We're a tradition. We are, every two weeks, we're going <laughs> to. Oh, you're really pushing it. But yeah, Okay. Just trying to anything just trying can to be ingratiate us. We've talked about this before on the podcast about anything can be ritual. Yeah. Even like what you do before you go to bed can be ritual. That especially so, is an important ritual. And ritual is is something that keeps you feeling in control of your environment and keeps you feeling balanced and steady. Mm-hmm. So even though maybe you can't do the normal traditions that we normally do at this time of the year, mm-hmm. you could start some new traditions. Mm-hmm. Some new rituals. Yeah. Maybe you're at your house and there's not much to do, so you and your family play a game. And maybe you guys don't usually do that, but Mm. that's something you can do just staying at home. Mm -hmm. Something new. Put on a movie, perhaps a Christmas movie if you celebrate such a thing. Or if you don't, they're just kind (laughs) of cute. Just watch It's whatever. Yeah. (laughs) There's lots of movies. There are. Any one of the 18 Christmas carols. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Depending on how you like to... Have your characters presented there. <laughs> 3D. There's a Jim Carrey version. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We just watched Scrooge the other day. I really like that. I movie. enjoy that one too. Yeah, Scrooged. It's quite old too. That was that was I was as I was watching it, I was like, this is like the Christmas Carol that I grew up with. That's uh. a weird one to grow up with, right? <laughs> no, that's probably what you were had on our TV. Yeah, at that the time. makes sense. Yeah, that, that tracks was our life. That tracks. <laughs> <laughs> so mom with the christmas season i say christmas because that's that's what we celebrate and i do think christmas at this point is is fairly secular for a lot of people as mm-hmm. well so just because i'm saying christmas season does not mean i'm trying to exclude anyone we're talking about the holiday season yeah we're just going to probably like talk a little bit about like christmas and you'll yeah you'll hear us use the word christmas a lot yeah. because that's kind of our spot and, and also i think i mean we are going to be well okay so let's start there mom what are we talking about this episode well we're kind of just talking about the general psychology of things that happen around the holidays and, yes and um and taking a deeper look at some of the things that we maybe just kind of fluff by yeah, during the stuff holidays that we take for granted we have found a list of studies like research studies that are centered around christmas around like uh giving gifts to others around stuff that makes us feel like in the holiday spirit stuff like that so just just a just a random schmattering a hodgepodge a potpourri a christmas potpourri oh that's a good one hey that might be the episode that might be the title <laughs> we both just looked at each other over the microphones Christmas potpourri. And speaking of Christmas spirits. Yeah, what are we drinking? Uh, we're huh? having a little Christmas drink. Christmas drink. It was Anna's idea because she saw the bottle and it, was, it looks very Christmassy. It was my idea because I saw it and I was like, hey, if we buy that, I don't have to make something. <laughs> we can just pour it in a glass. So we are drinking, um, we're not sponsored by Rum Chata, but we were drinking Rum Chata. Uh, but if you would like to sponsor us, yeah, Rum Chata, yeah, a rum case chata, would be good. Reach out. <laughs> 
email email us freudiansipspod at gmail.com if you would like to sponsor us we're um, open for your sponsorship <laughs> rum chata but we are drinking rum chata peppermint bark mm. oh it's so good oh my goodness i don't know if anyone's familiar with rum chata i sure hope you are if you're not go buy some it's very good if you partake in such things indeed and especially the peppermint bark. If you're trying to find a way to get in the spirit. I know with everything going on, I don't know about you, Mom. It's been hard to get in the spirit. It's really hard. I listen to Christmas music sometimes trying to get myself in the spirit. I know. It just feels fake, doesn't it? It does. And it then feels the other, inauthentic. Yeah. The other day I was at the, the doctor's office, the chiropractor, and they were playing 80s music mm-hmm. instead of Christmas music. And when the doctor came in, I was like... Thank you so much for playing Christmas music. Yeah. He goes, I've had enough of that Christmas music. I was going to say, like, especially, you can tell when you walk in somewhere, especially, like, smaller organizations or, or shops or whatever, and they're playing not Christmas music, you can be like, okay, someone in this they're store <laughs> got very, very tired of Christmas music. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That actually kind of comes up in some of my notes later about Christmas music in, in stores. So we will circle back to oh, that a later. A little teaser. Okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. So uh, how do we how do we start the shindig? I think you start the shindig. Okay. I start the shindig. Like I said, we just found found, found a list of things we're going to maybe change some order around. This, these are we're in just no particular chatting. order. This is just – it was a list of 12 studies. So mm-hmm. – on Get the it. first day of Christmas, <laughs> the scientists gave to us uh, the first. <laughs> that so is not going to continue I'm throughout the episode, I promise. Out. I'm so sorry. No, do not cut it out. It's okay. amazing, but I'm just not going to do gonna it. We're not going to do it. Okay. So uh, the first one is sort of what we focus on for Christmas and, and how, how, how a lot of times we look at like consumption and spending. I mean, Christmas has become um, pretty consumerist, like, you know, that we we think a lot about what we're going to give people and what we're going to get and and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. So this study from Kasser and Sheldon in 2002, um, it was to to really look at like associated activities that help our well-being during the holidays and help us kind of get into the Christmas spirit. So they took 117 individuals uh, ranging from age 18 to 80, and they had them answer questions about their satisfaction, their stress, and their emotional state during the Christmas season. So they also asked questions about like their experiences, their consumer behaviors, how they spend money during Christmas. So they were just trying to get all those factors of information and seeing how they play together to kind of impact our emotional state. So more happiness was reported when family and religious experiences were salient, were really important, like were, were focused on during the holiday season. And lower well-being happened when gifts and money uh-huh. were what they focused on mm-hmm. this is one of those studies where like duh yeah well it's We've duh and that. also we can like use it, it to people who are like you know the true meaning of christmas uh, mm-hmm. stuff like that and be like yeah science agrees about yeah. what the true meaning of right, christmas right. is exactly that's a good way to look at it it's <laughs> yeah. not just a spiritual thing it's yeah actually it, proven through science exactly that- like they mentioned religious experiences we've talked about this on the podcast before how like religious experiences and spiritual experiences can be pretty pretty on the same level so just because we're talking about religion if you're struggling with that right now or if you're not sure where you stand or if you don't want to stand in religion at all Mm -hmm. it's okay just like there's still spiritual stuff we can do and when we focus on that during the holidays it feels more rewarding than focusing on the money stuff Engaging in environmentally conscious consumption practices also made for a happier holiday, as did, (laughs) this is fun, as did being older and male. (laughs) Sorry. Yeah. I knew that would get you. (laughs) I was okay with the older part, and then you hit the male part, and I was like, okay. Yeah. Why? Because they they don't have to do any of the... (gasps) I would assume that They don't have to do any of the preparation stuff. I would assume that... Because oh my of gosh. the way society is, they're, there women is tend to do all the pressure, all the work. yeah, yeah, on on women for the holidays. Oh, yeah. Guys, so if you're science, old, an research. old guy, <laughs> you you're an old dude. You could just lay back you and can be have a happy joyful. holiday. No. Santa Claus. So maybe He's that's an a old way. dude. <laughs> <laughs> he is an outlier and should not be counted. <laughs> he is older and he is male. Maybe he just has He's really good ways to deal like with stress. <laughs> Seventeen hundred years old, really good coping yeah. mechanisms. 
And a really good wife. And a really good wife. Him. And the elves probably bring him eggnog a lot. <laughs> or rum chata. <laughs> Cheers. I told you it looks like eggnog. Maybe it Santa's does. It does. Rum it, it has a very eggnog feel, mm-hmm. which is good because I don't really like eggnog. No. This will be instead of eggnog. Yeah. This this is our eggnog. <laughs> but yeah, so that, that kind of study can be... Again, just sort of like, a, oh, yeah, duh, that's kind of what we need to focus on a little more. Bring us back down to reality a bit. But also maybe if you are older and male, perhaps keep an eye out for perhaps females in your life <laughs> that maybe <laughs> need a little stress. moral support right now. Yeah. That's a very good point, Anna. <laughs> Let's raise our self-awareness on Freudian <laughs> sips. Okay, so that is the gist of that study. I think this episode is a lot about self-awareness. I think so, too. It's well, just about being aware of what's going on around you. And yeah, and light. I think that's a lot. What Like, I don't. I don't really like research. I don't really like reading research studies. But especially when you can find research studies that are written in a bit more accessible terms, a lot of the times when you read them, you're like, yeah, that makes sense. Like, the stuff that they find, sometimes there's, like, weird research studies that kind of, oh, I didn't expect that. But uh-huh. most of the time, it's like, oh, okay, okay. Why are you laughing? I'm laughing about my the name of my research okay, that I'm going to tell you next. Okay, what's your, what's your next one? So... The first study that I read, the research that I read about, the study itself was called the Chump Study. Cute. Okay. <laughs> the Chocolate Happiness Undergoing More Pleasantries Oh, study. it's an acronym. Okay. <laughs> so it was a study about chocolate, about which kind of chocolate gives the most happiness. I'm whether into it's this. dark chocolate or what milk chocolate. What if you don't like chocolate? Then it doesn't give you happiness. Well... Then you're an outlier, as you would say. <laughs> and you should not be counting. <laughs> and you get kicked out of the study. <laughs> I don't know. But when I read the study, the way it's hooked in, it, they hooked it into the holidays is that we eat a lot of candy during the holidays. And they kind of hooked it to Christmas in that, which which kind of chocolate gives the most happiness. Mm-hmm. But later, I'm going to kind of swing out of that and talk about other kind of food. And, okay. Because food's huge in the holidays, right? Not only holidays. Food is such a, I mean, talking about rituals, and we've talked about this before as well, that like creating rituals around food is such a common practice right. in any culture mm-hmm. like regardless of 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 what holiday you celebrate regardless of religion food is just very common in every culture exactly i mean we have to have it to survive so that may be part of it it's <laughs> just a thing we have to do let's make it fun but it's important to all of us it is okay so this study took place actually in 2006 um and it sounds like somebody was just joking around but it's actually like i read the whole study it's a legit study a legit it has study. all kinds of like data and, <laughs> oh, she just and used scare quotes for data R, <laughs> all R kinds of values data s values and all those values you know <laughs> all the things A, B, we learned C, in statistics D, class that, that I, I don't yeah, remember we don't remember yeah yeah so the chump study um <laughs> basically <laughs> the end of the study was basically like yeah we didn't prove anything because they had all kinds of issues they had 180 people participating in the study. And the idea was to have 60 people eating dark chocolate, 60 oh. people eating milk chocolate, and 60 people not getting any chocolate. Bummer. What about white so, chocolate? No, oh, that wasn't Underrepresented. In there. <laughs> I don't know I'm what that means. I'm going to start my own Some study. Some kind of weird prejudice going on there. But one of the things that happened, this shows that it was not terribly, <laughs> terribly structured. <laughs> First of all, when I was reading, I was like, okay, so these people get a candy bar, a big old candy bar every day. If I ate a oh, big they old, got more, every day, every day, every day they'd get a, a either a milk chocolate or a dark chocolate or eh, the boy nothing. Guy, oh. boy <laughs> Just so, living a chocolateless life. When they like <laughs> gave the summary at the end about all the conflicts or things that made the study go askew, one of the things that made the study go askew was that the people who were in the group who didn't get any candy bars were pissed off. <laughs> Okay, wait. Askew? They didn't expect that to happen? This was not an expected outcome of giving 120 people chocolate and telling 60 people to get a life? You don't get it. (laughs) Go eat an apple. What did they think was going to happen? So one of the things that happened was that some of the people in the group that didn't get chocolate talked the other people out of their chocolate. <laughs> no way. <laughs> yes. That's amazing. And it gets worse. Oh, good. Some of the people who were have in the dark chocolate group who didn't really like dark chocolate <laughs> traded with the people in the milk chocolate. This is like, was this 120 like second graders? <laughs> I think the second graders were putting on the study. Hey, Billy, <laughs> do you want to trade? And they're like, trade for what? You didn't get any chocolate. And they're like, yeah. 
I'll give you something later, dude. <laughs> I'll give you. I'll let you hit me at recess. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh my gosh, you can be first up to kick and kickball. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so I don't know. They, in summary, they basically said there was no difference in like whether dark chocolate or, or milk chocolate gave you more happiness. I mean, it seems like they the results were inconclusive. The, the, <laughs> that the chocolate people, the chocolate the people, people chocolate were definitely happier than the people who didn't get anything. Okay. <laughs> Let's back this up. <laughs> what if it wasn't chocolate? What if it was just like a shiny rock they found on the beach? If it's I was still- getting a present and someone else wasn't, no you matter still- what the present is, <laughs> the other person wouldn't be as happy. Well, and that's basically what the researchers said. The researchers said it wasn't so much that it was about the it's chocolate. It's not the quality of the chocolate. Right. It wasn't really about it's the chocolate. It's about the existence of the chocolate. <laughs> it was about not getting a stinking gift. But everybody else was getting something. <laughs> so basically, it was... I'm trying to think of what the newspaper ad would have said for this. Like, do you want to be involved in a research study? You might get chocolate or you might not. <laughs> Smiley face. <laughs> Happy Christmas. <laughs> oh. I think the rum chat is kicking in. Oh, you are so funny today. Thank you. <clears throat> Wait, are you saying you have to be drunk for me to be funny? I no, you're always that funny. remark. Here, I want to read the last paragraph Please of the study. Do. In conclusion, the Chump study shows the pitfalls of running a clinical trial in one locale, crossover, and contamination of the study groups. That's when they were trading their chocolate. <laughs> sure. Are easily achieved when taste buds are involved. <laughs> However, despite the problems of running a clinical trial, there is one advantage. The author has a year's supply of chocolate left in his basement. (laughs) Aw, that's cute. He was actually uh, a doctor, believe it or not. Dr. Kevin Chan. I like it when researchers get a little have a little fun with it. I know. You know? Well, that whole study was, it was fun. It a little so fun. Well, it go. was fun for 120 people. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that was that was the study that I <sighs> looked into. I forgot that it was called the Chump Study. That's even just, funnier that they just I'm, weren't giving people things. They, <laughs> they signed, signed up for a chocolate study, and they just didn't get chocolate. Chump. But so stepping away from the study, thinking about just thinking about your own celebration of the holidays and think about how many sweets are involved. Oh, yeah. God, oh, my there's gosh. candy everywhere. And everybody's baking and yeah. everybody, you know, and there's so much talk about ritual. There's so much ritual and all that. You know, what kind of what kind of cookies did you eat when you were a little kid? Mm-hmm. And then when you're somewhere at a party and you see that kind of cookie and yeah. you're like, oh, that's the kind of cookie yeah, we have when I was a kid. get all excited, all nostalgic. Yeah. Nostalgia so, is a big part of holidays. Exactly. Food is a huge part. Yeah. Of um, our memories and, yeah, and what yeah. we link to at the holidays. Well, especially holidays are a time where there's certain foods associated. And I mean, as we know about ritual, the more you do it, it strengthens it in your brain. Mm-hmm. So if you're having a holiday ritual where, you know, every Christmas we make the Christmas ham. Right. Then you're going to associate that more strongly with Christmas and with the environment and everything like mm-hmm. that. So. So food is good. Food is good. Is that what we just learned? We are rationalizing. Food is good. It doesn't matter. Eating a lot of food during the holidays. Milk chocolate or dark chocolate, whatever is your preference. But you have to have chocolate or else you're not going to be happy. Or you'll be That's what I heard. That's what I heard too. (laughs) Would you like to continue? Because you said you had one that was sort of in the same thing. Well, I would just, it kind of just, we just dovetailed it just then. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, But there's quite a bit of research too that I would just throw out there and not specifically, but that has proven that eating good food, it affects our brain the same way that an addiction, uh, a drug addiction can affect our brain, which is one of the reasons that so many people, I think, struggle with food. But, yeah. But when you're eating that good food, it's not only the memories that are linked to that, but also just the, well, but it is the memories, the good taste, the whole package kicks our brain into that dopamine thing that we've talked about before on our episode. Yes. Well, especially if we're associating it with things like, you know, being around family. Like if we have positive associations with food, it's going mm-hmm. to be easier to overindulge sometimes because we're trying to seek out that dopamine. And we're trying to ring it of every little molecule it can give us. That's right. That's something we need to be careful of if we are maybe feeling a little down during the holidays because there's all that extra food around anyway and it's comfort food for us because it reminds us of good things. It reminds us of the good old days or the days that we wanted to have maybe because maybe we didn't have the good old days. And so then that comfort food might turn into emotional eating. Yeah. 
And um, we end up making ourselves not well because we've eaten too much. And that can lead to other issues as well. So um, food is something, I I think, if nothing else, we need to be aware that we all have that issue. Everybody does right now. Sure. Whatever our issues are with food, whether it's good or bad or non-existent, the food's there. Yeah. There's lots of food. Yeah. It's worth, again, thinking about being self-aware. Self-aware. It's worth examining the way that you look at food to see if maybe it's healthy or unhealthy. Uh Uh-huh. The, the way you look at it, not necessarily right. food. Although, keep an eye on how much healthy food you eat. <laughs> eat a vegetable every once in a while. Every throw a carrot in there. <laughs> While you're eating your dark chocolate and your milk chocolate, eat some celery right. or whatever. Exactly. And I, I think, too, with things the way they are right now in our world with the pandemic, more people are actually baking and, and because they're home. Yeah. They're, there's that whole the whole thing about like, oh, during the pandemic, mm-hmm. I learned how to bake bread, you know? Mm-hmm. So everyone's been picking that stuff up. They have mm-hmm. more time at home, so they're going to cook more. That's it's great. It's great to be to be like learning that and shoring up those skills. But balance, be balance is balance. important. Everyone, self awareness, balance are two things. of our core things. Our things. All right. Okay. So I've got two more studies that are kind of about gift giving, about spending money on people. But I've also got one that's like the way that senses affect our perception of Christmas. I wish you could see your fingers right now. They're moving. The way our senses affect Christmas, is that what you said? Uh, Affect how we look at Christmas or how we see Christmas. So how would you like, would you like, and then I've got two more that are kind of like miscellaneous. So Hmm. we'll, we'll end with those. Okay. So would you like the sounds and smells one or would you like the two gift giving ones? Do the gift giving one and then I'll just stick a little something on the end of it. Good. Okay, so the first one, actually, they're both by the same person, but I think they are separate studies. Okay. I believe, even though there's the same person in the same year. So either this person was very prolific that particular <laughs> year, or or they were just... The same study. It's the same study, split. and maybe... Okay. I tried to go... I tried to... Like, whenever I looked at this list, I tried to follow the sources, which was not good, because some of the sources were broken. Some of... You kind of had to search for it a little bit. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you found that when you were yeah, doing your yeah, part. Yeah, I did. But... Yeah, I I had to dig quite a bit. I think so, too. But the one that I want to talk about first, if indeed they are different, (laughs) we'll just assume they are, is about how we perceive when people give us not great gifts. Okay. So the first part, this was broken into two parts. The first was giving gifts to strangers. Um, So this was done by uh, Elizabeth Dunn and her colleagues in 2008 at the University of British Columbia. So to test their their theories on this, on on gift giving, they set up two experiences. Like I said, the first one. So they had people basically sit down and talk to new opposite sex acquaintances is what they called Hmm, them. Like speed dating. Basically, speed gift giving is what it was. They like sat down. They like had a really short time to get to know each other. And then they were given a list of gift certificates from a variety of stores and restaurants and they basically had to pick like i think they will like this one the best oh that's kind of fun it is okay. interesting it's like it? a party game yeah, okay it kind of is <laughs> um it's it would that would be an interesting like white elephant replacement i think yeah. if you're at like a, a christmas party or something and you don't know a lot of people just doing like a real quick like speed gift giving and then maybe raffling off some or entering I don't know. Someone take that and run with it. But anyway, <laughs> let us know how. Let it us know. Out. E- email it, email us when you figure that out. Thank you. <laughs> Sometimes Ina's brain works so fast that her mouth can't keep up with her brain, and so so we have to just wait a second. While Sometimes I have to delegate up. for other people to figure out where my thought was gonna go. Somebody finish that thought. For Somebody her finish that thought us. and let me know, and then I'll get back to it. Okay, so they had they had this pretty straightforward, but there was a twist. Before the experiment, each participant had been asked to rank their gift certificates in the order they would like oh, to receive. Oh, so we them. will know what they really wanted. Yes. Okay. Then the experimenters fed these preferences right back to the participants as though they came from the new acquaintances. Okay. It is kind of weird. So half the participants were told that the other person had chosen their top choice. And then the other half were told that the other person chose, they called it their their last but one choice, their second to last choice. Okay. So this created two conditions, people who got what they wanted and people who didn't from these strangers that they Mm -hmm, had just met. mm -hmm. So when the experimenters uh, looked at the ratings of perceived similarity, uh, the results said that 
there was a difference in how the men and women had reacted to good and bad gifts. So men who got the gifts that they wanted perceived themselves as more similar to the gift giver. So like, oh yeah, they really oh, got me. Oh, you get me. me. You oh, get me. me. Okay. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So suggesting that the better gift would have the expected positive effect on a relationship. Right. Because you give a good somebody, gift. Right. They somebody feel knows heard. You they well feel enough. understood. Okay. Great. Uh, women seemed to be relatively unaffected by whether the present was good or bad. Because women just appreciate things more. <laughs> but even it's that's weird in a study where you're expected to get a gift. I, I guess maybe I think about studies too, like research-ish, yeah. where I'm like, we, we kind of talked about this in way back in the episode where we talked about like the Milgram oh, yeah, yeah, experiment studies, and the Stanford yeah. Prison Experiment. Mm-hmm. I think that was episode 15. I think I have that off the top of my head because it's one of my favorites. But whenever we were talking about those experiments, it's like, well, if we were in that situation, but we know that it's... We knew it ahead of time. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess it's a question of like whether it was a double blind study or whether they knew that that was kind of what was being tested to eliminate some of that bias. Right. We need to do an episode on research, don't we? On just like statistics and stuff. I know. I don't want to. (sighs) I don't want to do it. I know. Okay. So does that surprise you that women are more, basically more appreciative? That's what you just said, isn't it? Or am I, uh, am I misreading I think it could be interpreted different ways. I think also women are pressured not to speak negatively. Ooh, that's good. So I think that if they're rating and being like, hey, did this person get you? They would be more likely to be like, sure. Yeah. They were nice. Yeah, they picked picked as best as they could, man. You know, I think that there were, we are more, more socialized Uh, to, to just get along. Basically. So let's move to gift giving in relationships, like established relationships. Oh, good. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah. So this um, this is probably going to get worse, isn't it? Sure, (laughs) yeah. So it was bad enough when they were strangers. Yeah. They just buckle up, everybody. (laughs) So the second experiment involves men and women who are already in, it says heterosexual relationships. So let's just qualify that. Okay. Um, But otherwise, it was very much the same experiment. It was like the same routine, basically, that they Mm -hmm. went through. Um, where they each had like what they indicated were their best and worst gifts and then they sort of split it up. And again, men who received poor gifts on average perceived less similarity with their partners and thought their future together was shorter. Oh, ouch. Yeah, that is kind of Man, that's going right for the heart, isn't it? Good lord. But this time, women who received the poor gift from their partners actually saw greater perceived similarity and thought that their relationships would continue for longer than those who had received the good gift. Oh, my God. So the study goes oh, on. That is Would you so like to bad. process, or would you that, like me to keep going? Oh my god! Because <laughs> they do try to they so they bad. try to explain it. Okay. The researchers see try if to they explain it. it the way I see it. So the researchers basically said that the more threat a woman felt to their relationship from the poor gift, the more that they were engaging in defense mechanisms. Absolutely. To That's protect it. against that. Right. Yeah. Right. So, so with, it's all good. It's all good. Exactly. I still love you, even though you can't buy a gift worth shit. <laughs> <laughs> or yeah, you don't know me at all or whatever. Yeah, you don't know me at all, but I got to stay with you because I might be right. alone otherwise. Right. <sighs> so yeah, in the new acquaintance one, the bad gift didn't have any effect because there's no relationship to make better or worse. It's just some some schmo picked a gift card for me or whatever. Right, right. But men didn't really make that effort to be mentally resilient against that, basically. And, and they were saying that they didn't like their partner's choice by accepting they didn't like their partner mm-hmm. or like they like their partner less again very harsh but <laughs> i would also like to read part of this like you did okay. uh, now before men start thinking they can use these experiments to justify giving their partners poor gifts <laughs> remember that these studies are short term and probably only represent men and women's first instinct when receiving good and bad gifts and that's important too because uh-huh. i think there there is an opportunity for like if someone gives you a really crappy gift especially if you're really close to them if it's bothering you it's worth it to say hey honey why, why did you, did you get, get me that this? yeah or, yeah could you explain this to me a little more or could you like what were you thinking or like <laughs> would hey, you like to sleep on the couch tonight or no, no <laughs> don't listen to my mother <laughs> good communication is important 
grief. Good grief. <sighs> okay. So old school. <laughs> People don't sleep on the couch anymore. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> okay. And then the other one, again, by Elizabeth Dunn and her colleagues in 2008. So again, I don't know if she was just like 2008 was her year. or if she, she had a lot to do. Maybe. I mean, they seem like fairly straightforward. I guess you could be looking like working on them several, at the same yeah. time. Yeah. So this one examined how spending money on others affects our happiness and how like the way we spend our money could be as important as how much money we get, like we earn. So specifically the hypothesis was that spending money on other people has a more positive impact on happiness than spending money on yourself. Evidence for this hypothesis was that spending more of one's income on others predicted greater happiness in both so they call it cross-sectionally, which means in a nationally representative survey, and also longitudinally, which means they followed time. certain cases over mm-hmm. time. Yes. So so both in the moment and also longer term, spending money on other people is going to increase your happiness more than spending it on yourself, which makes, makes sense. sense. Yeah. yeah. But again, just kind of one of those research like to keep in your back pocket and be like, hmm. science agrees with this positive way to look at the world. <laughs> Science says don't be cynical sometimes. It does. Okay, so those were the two money slash gift ones that I had. Yeah, so I'm just going to kind of skate off the back of that about gift giving because I I did read a study, but it's from way back in 1991. Interesting. Yeah, Yeah. most of the ones I saw were like... They were older. Most of the ones I saw were last 10, 15, 10, 12 20. years. You know, when I see two, like 2008, I, I know. think so. That's, and I'm like, oh God, <laughs> that that's was 12, 12 years, years ago. ago. Okay. But 1991 was a long time ago. That was almost 30 years and I should know. I think you should. Because that's, <laughs> that's me. That's how old I am. I wasn't going to say your age, but it's I was a also a research age. study in 1991. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Mom. <wow. laughs> It turned out wonderfully. We've talked about all those psychologists that researched on their own kids. Well, my baby. Um, yes, my baby was born in 1991. And also they did a study called Constraints on the Use of Money as a Gift at Christmas. Cute. The role of status and intimacy. Could have come up. You set the bar high with the chump study name. I know. That's just, there's never going to be one that <laughs> fun never. ever again. Although and, I, do, I did, I was looking through my uh, episode notes and I saw the Operation Midnight Climax. Oh, that's Which was the one, and the monster study. Yeah, so there are some really They can good come names. up with some pretty good yeah. names. If we ever do a study, let's come up with a really cool name. Deal. Okay. And basically, the study said what we would all imagine, and that is that just giving somebody some cash is not as intimate as giving them some kind of a thought-out gift. Right, right. One thing that I did think about, because this study didn't say anything about gift cards. Interesting. And in 1991, gift cards were not near as popular as they are now. I mean, they have become all the rage. I think, yeah, it's it's the same. I think it's the same concept Mm -hmm. as like giving someone a gift card versus giving them a 20. Right. But I did some some other reading into some other research and, and a couple of things I wanted to throw out. One is that the gift cards, actually people do, in, in one of the studies, they, oh. they compared gift cards to money. Okay. Just money. And the people prefer the gift cards because they feel- It's more personal. Right. They feel like you at least knew yeah. they would want to go to this store. However, there was like a caveat in that one that said some people don't like gift cards because they're stuck- you yeah. have to spend it at that place. That's how I feel. I'm like, just yeah. give me cash yeah. so I can use it somewhere. Go Instead of being like, oh, that's another thing on my to-do list. <laughs> I have to go to this <laughs> restaurant. But one of the things that it said in that study was that when people received gift cards instead of cash, they're much more likely to actually buy something fun and frivolous for themselves okay. instead of just like, I got to go buy some detergent, you know, or whatever. See, that's interesting to me too. I think that's because I don't, use cash a lot hmm. so i think if someone gives me cash it's kind of like oh that's my fun money oh okay <laughs> so that's a so different I, way to look yeah at it. so i'm more like oh well i have a five dollar you know thing in my in my wallet so i'm gonna buy this candy bar that i might not or i'm gonna go get a cup of coffee that i might not usually get because it's not like in my budget oh, you know what i mean but okay. i think that's just how i look at money and i usually usually use my card to do budgeting and stuff i think a lot of us don't use I think, cash anymore i think usually yeah, yeah. One other little tidbit there, and that is that there was this other study that talked about gift wrapping and how important gift wrapping is, Mm -hmm. how 
actually wrapping a gift is good for us psychologically because we kind of invest ourselves in yes. it more than just like throwing and I'm talking about like actually wrapping not throwing it in a gift bag right and a lot of us use gift bags because they're just easy and they're pretty Last and you know no, yeah and you run maybe, to the store maybe on the way I to the forgot party. that I yeah. had to wrap a present today yeah, yeah. <laughs> and some things are just oddly shaped and so you're like yeah. oh it fits in a bag that's why when I do gift bags I try to put a lot of tissue paper in because so that at least feels like it's, like it's wrapping yeah yeah so this study said that in wrapping a gift, we invest in the gift that we're giving, which makes it good for us psychologically, the giver, but also the person who receives it feels that you're more invested in yes. it. And so even if you, this study said, even if you give a gift card or cash, wrap it up, like yeah. put it in a box and then yeah. wrap it because it it at least gives a little more like, I'm not just throwing this money at you. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm actually, I was thinking about you when I wrapped this yes. and, you know, put this little bow on here. So I, this- I saw this really cute uh, story online where this, I think it was kind of an older teenager, got a present, like a game, like a video game from their younger sibling. Uh-huh. But it was a digital download of the game, which more and more things are That's becoming true. digital downloads. So their little sibling wanted to wrap something. Uh-huh. So they got like a little box and they like drew a replica of the cover art of the game and put it on the box and wrapped it like they were opening a a video game. Yeah, that's cute. I think those kind of things are cute too because that Mm. shows like we actually want to unwrap things. We've done that in our family before when we've ordered something and it hasn't come in (laughs) Yeah, and we'll like put a picture of it in a box and then wrap the box I said that to one of my clients uh, this week. They were really stressing about not getting gifts in time and Uh I'm like, well, this was what Santa used to do when I was a kid. Santa did at our house. They, They used to say the elves were still working on it so <laughs> that's exactly right sometimes it takes a little longer and with that let's let's the elves right now the, the she was really have, cute she was like the elves are socially distanced they're following they covid precautions yeah so they have to work very mass. like slower than usual <laughs> um so how about if we put a little cap on that mm-hmm. gift giving section by saying that gift giving is very stressful so as we talk about counseling and psychology that you're not the only one who's feeling stressed about the whole gift giving thing. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone. <laughs> it is a very stressful thing. Yeah. We, you know, we're, we're so concerned about, you know, making sure that we give the right gift to the right person. And, um, oh my gosh, you know, am I giving enough? Do I, do our, our, our budgets match? You know, does my gift cost as much as the it, gift they That gave is me? so big. Like That's the, huge. It is really big. And I think, so there's that, but there's also... Especially in situations where there is like a competition, either like a divorced family oh, or yeah, like that's bad. That's like a hard one. In laws are hard sometimes. Mm-hmm. Where you're like, I want to spend as much on this person as I did on this, or I want to make sure that they get the same amount of presents as the other person. Exactly. You were big on that when I was Gabe big. and I were little. Yeah, you would want to make have sure the same number of boxes. Yes, to even open. if I had to. That goes back to the opening thing. You wanted uh-huh. to make sure that we were able to open the same amount right, of right. presents. So even, what would even happen? Even if you got older, though, I did. I yeah, still you that, still do you know? that. <laughs> I count how many presents. Which are and for each I do kid. it too. I'm like, if I got three for this person, yeah. I have to get three for this yeah. person. So if but. one of your gifts is real expensive, then the other ones have to be like really they're like little <laughs> dollar store stuff. <laughs> Here's a candy bar. A candy bar. A candy bar. <laughs> Tying it all together, <laughs> guys. This is just a how to buy <laughs> gifts for your. <laughs> this is a guide on gift buying. There you go. There you go. You're welcome from Freudian Sips. <laughs> so the bottom line I got from that one study I read was basically it's what we always say about, you know, it's a thought that counts. Absolutely. And that that putting that thought into the gift, even if it's a gift card, then to put thought into getting it where, where they think they would like it the most and mm-hmm. putting some pretty wrapping on it. And, and I also do think that people can just tell when a gift has, even if it's maybe not the thing that they asked for, or maybe the thing that they would have picked. I think they can tell when someone puts thought into right, it when right. it's authentic that they're actually like they want you to have a good gift so how about if we even step further to the side to the psychology of being appreciative for what we receive Ooh, okay because one of the things we talk about a lot in counseling is gratitude and how gratitude just being grateful for what we have it helps our anxiety it helps our depression it's good for us to be grateful yeah but it's also good for the gift giver to feel that they're appreciated. <laughs> yes. So there's a lot of mental health, you know, in that. Concepts, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So let's try to be appreciative 
of what we receive and express that gratitude to the people yeah. who give us things. Yeah, be sure to say thank you, everyone. Say thank you. Say thank you. My kids were always very good about you, being You brought us up very well at being appreciative that about whatever. That was a big deal in our house. I, I, I do remember just any Christmas, no matter where, even if I was like opening a gift from people who like sent us them in the mail, mm. I would always open it and be like, thank you. Like yeah. I was like, they would hear me. <laughs> That was important in our it's house. Very important. That's true. I'm glad you got that. That's a good thing. <laughs> Give that to your kids too. I will. Okay. So what's how many do you have left? Um, I just have a little something to say about decorations and then um a study about the spirit of Christmas. Oh. That was gonna be my finale. Okay, so let me can I do my two ones about senses? Please. So this one is it's beginning to smell and sound a lot like Christmas. So this is a study from 2005 from Spangenberg, Groman, and Sprott, which is just very fun. <laughs> All of those, very fun. This sounds like some kind of either a lawyer firm or it a... It does! It sounds like a lawyer firm! <laughs> it sounds like a fake lawyer firm yeah. that someone like a TV show would yeah, have. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. So obviously there's a lot of research say, suggesting that olfactory, which is smell, and musical stimuli affects... How we perceive things and how we act a lot of the time, too. And especially this study focused on how olfactory and auditory things affected how we perceive Christmas. So Boy, the There's re- a lot of that going on at Christmas. Oh, my goodness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We tried to go holiday shopping the other day. And we, like, went to the Christmas section. And they had the most grating. <laughs> it wasn't even... It wasn't, like, common Christmas music. It was, like elevator tinny christmas music happening oh. and like i almost had an anxiety attack we had to leave oh my god it was so bad that's so sad <laughs> yeah okay so this is <laughs> we are going to get a little bit into some statistics here because this okay. is a two by two experimental design so that's like if you're looking at it as a grid there's two sets of two conditions mm-hmm. so there's a no scent versus christmas scent and a non-Christmas music versus Christmas music. And then they like saw how all those factors. Oh, and they put that together. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. um, so the results said that the effects of adding an ambient Christmas scent were moderated by the nature of the background music. So consumers' evaluations were more favorable when the Christmas scent was in the presence of Christmas music. Mm-hmm. Um, the presence of the Christmas scent with non-Christmas music lowered the evaluation. Of the experience. Oh, huh, okay. Yeah. So yeah, they, they and they went on to talk about like how this works with retail practice and environmental psychology and basically how businesses can use it to mess you up. But I also think it's interesting, like to me it has to, they have to match. Right. If they don't match, it feels like cognitive dissonance. Oh, okay. That's Remember what, in the very beginning of this episode and I said that'll come up later? Mm-hmm. That's kind of it right there. Yeah. About the Christmas music and yeah. how it affects you like when you're shopping. Right. And- we have to have a cohesive mm-hmm. experience. Mm-hmm. And speaking of sound, this one is this one might be my my favorite in terms of how interesting it is. Yeah. Um, and I might actually look into it more later. We're, we're, we're calling this one a white noise Christmas. Uh, so this is a study where participants were asked to listen to white noise and then press a button when they heard Bing Crosby singing oh, White yeah, Christmas. Oh, yeah, I you, read that you one. You saw that yeah, one? Yeah, yeah. I love this awesome. one. I love this story. Me too. Yeah. So a third of their participants pressed the button at least once despite that it was just white noise. So there was there was no white Christmas in It was in, in their this. brain. It was in their brain. It was just purely the power of suggestion. That's amazing and scary. It kind of scary a little scary. bit. So the researchers also suggested that this had a link between auditory hallucinations and being prone to fantasy. So I think maybe just like a higher imagination, like higher, I feel like we've talked about some kind of scale like that, where you're higher on like, you're not quite as grounded in reality. Right. Like you're just more prone to, we have talked about that. You're yeah. more, op- was it when we talked about dreams? Maybe you're just more open more to suggestible, fantasy. Maybe you're more, or there is a suggestibility hypnosis. in hypnosis. We yeah. talked about it when we talked about hypnosis. Yeah. yeah. Oh, by the way, this is uh, Merkelbach and Van de Ven in 2001. Again, cool names. Cool names. Um, so 44 undergraduate students were asked to listen to white noise, instructed to press a button um, when they believed they heard a recording of Bing Crosby's White Christmas, but the record was not actually present in the white noise. 14 of them, so 32%, pressed the button at least once, saying that they thought they were hearing White Christmas. Wow. Yeah, that is... That's amazing. It's really interesting. So again, Can you hear it right now in your head? (laughs) 
Have you can. Christmas. <laughs> Weren't you singing that at lunch today? Was that the song you sang at lunch? Yeah. We were talking about we hope it snows for Christmas. You started singing that. Did I? Yes. I didn't even notice I was See? doing it. Oh my God. It was just in there and it just <laughs> it came out. It was in out. the white noise. Ah. It just came out of my chest like a chest burster <laughs> from aliens. <laughs> That's gross, but okay. <laughs> so again, they, they kind of... Uh, they kind of linked it to, to hallucinations and, and suggestibility and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, I thought that was really, really interesting. I, I always think it's interesting when there's a suggestibility factor. I think that's something that, like you said, it's kind of it's kind of scary. Like it mm, kind of freaks me is. out a little bit, but it still makes me like want to learn more about it. Okay, give me your give me your finales. My finales. Well, the first one I'm just going to touch on real briefly. I'm not even going to talk about the research. Although there was a research study done that was called Inferences About Homeowners' Sociability, Impact of Christmas Decorations. And it talked about um, how people that put up Christmas decorations in their yard, from their perspective, they're doing it to be more in the holiday spirit. They want to be in the holiday spirit. Yes. There's also sometimes a competition between mm-hmm. neighbors, and that's kind of played out in a lot of Christmas sure. movies. And like um, Christmas commercials, I've been right, seeing a lot of like exactly. keeping up with the Joneses in terms of Christmas That's lights. Right. The overall study showed that people who do put up Christmas lights in their yard are thought of by other people as being more friendly. I can, yeah, that like makes a sense. happier, friendly sure. people. They put up Christmas lights. Well, yeah, because so. you're doing something to like brighten the environment, brighten, brighten the neighborhood, <laughs> quite right. literally, quite literally, making the neighborhood happy, a happy, yeah, happy place. Yeah, so because because really, I mean, you are doing it for your own like investment in the Christmas season, but. I don't enjoy my Christmas lights as much because, like, when I get home from work, they're not on. Right. I turn right. them on when I go inside, when and in. then I don't see them. Yeah, yeah. So other people see them, and you don't get to, <laughs> to see them as much. I love when lights are on, though, like, on the tree and stuff. Yeah. Like, I just like having them on. Oh, yeah. Like, the, oh, yeah, like, inside lights. I have, yeah, yeah, my Christmas. Whenever I go into my living room, I'm like, I think I'll turn my Christmas tree on. <laughs> I know it it's 2 o'clock happy. p.m., but I don't care. <laughs> it makes us happy. <laughs> Okay, my last note for the day is about a study that was done in 2007 by Peter Clark, and it was called A Measure of Christmas Spirit. They used MRIs Mm. to study the brains of people because they were trying to, and this is the way they quoted it, um, they were trying to find... If a person's brain, if there's a center for Christmas spirit, that's oh the way Oh my gosh, it. where does Christmas okay. live in your yes, brain? exactly. If Christmas <laughs> spirit has a, a, a locality oh no. in your brain. And so they studied people that, this is kind of, this kind of seems overly simplified. They studied a group of people who celebrate Christmas, have celebrated Christmas like throughout their life. Sure. And a group of people who did not celebrate Christmas at all. And then basically they would have the people look at images of like normal everyday images and then Christmas images mixed in. And they would study with the MRIs what part of their brain lit Lit up. up. Whoa. And so the people who had Christmas experience. Wait a minute. Yeah. Okay, go on. (laughs) I'm with you. I'm with you, baby. The, The people who had Christmas experience in their life had a more significant recognition and part of their brain lit up big time. The people who did not had very little difference between the average photograph of a bus and a Christmas tree. Yeah, There's no freaking difference. Duh. So exactly. <laughs> those duh things, right? Well also that's not where Christmas lives, stupid. That's where like recognition lives. Christmas lives in our heart. It lives in our hearts. You can't MRI your heart. <laughs> idiot. That's exactly right. That's an echo. But stupid <laughs> Even though we say this is not a, a real thing, the researchers said that it was a real thing, and they showed. <laughs> I'm sure a they whole did. Bunch of pictures. They're like, actually, guys, we are the best researchers. <laughs> we are the smartest. This is revolutionary. We used MRIs, and that's big and fancy. And they had little pictures of how the brain would light up when they would see Christmas. That is really cool. So, I, yeah, I like yeah. MRI images. So, but you can't sway me with MRI images. This is a stupid study. But you're exactly <laughs> right that what they were measuring was just the recognition well because okay so not, like not the spirit of christmas but if that's you showed me an image of like a little red wagon i probably wouldn't like i, I wouldn't really have a r- i didn't really have wagon. a red wagon yeah. i have if you show me a little one of those little red tyke trucks little tykes yeah little tyke trucks yeah my brain's gonna light up but that doesn't mean that that that's where red tyke trucks live in my head <laughs> 
the spirit of red tyke. <laughs> the spirit of red tyke trucks. What, that's not, that's not, okay. No, no. no. It's fine. They can't so, hear me. So let's go back to what you said in the very beginning about the spirit of Christmas, uh-huh. which is that it, it lives in spirituality and in family. In my opinion, what that all summarizes, that all comes into love. It's all about love and, love. and spending time, quality with, time. With the people that you love. Rather back. than gifts. Yes. Although if someone you love has, is like a, um, if their love language is gift giving, um, perhaps this is a very important time absolutely. for them. Absolutely. So that could be something to watch out for. And perhaps if you don't really have a gift giving like love language and yours is more quality time, you might have to work to balance that with the people you love. That's it. That's all I have. That's for that. a good one. <laughs> okay. What's your last thing? So my last one is a bit offbeat. It is about bad jokes. Oh, wait, wait. Can I say something real quick about Santa Claus? Yes, Or do you want to end with Santa Claus? No, please say something about Santa Claus. Because I also did read a study about Santa Claus and about how, whether or not it's bad psychologically. Okay, if there are children, they're not supposed to be listening right now. Hey, all you cool babies listening. (laughs) Babies? Don't listen. Turn off your headsets. Babies, toddlers, (laughs) go to your room. Anyone under 10, children, please leave the room. Children who are listening with their parents, perhaps, while their parents are, are doing things. They're not supposed to be, though, because you're supposed to listen with headphones. <laughs> That's true. We say that every single time. Because we drink and do a little bit of cussing here. <laughs> so, yes, if there are any children listening, perhaps go do something else. Or anyone who is fantasy sensitive about yeah. Santa Claus. <laughs> this a is a trigger fantasy warning. Fantasy sensitive is a very good way to say that. Um, the study was about whether it's psychologically bad for children that we tell them that there's a Santa Claus. This is interesting. And and it was all about, and basically the research showed that indeed it was a positive thing because you, as long as when you reveal to the child the, the real truth that you don't reveal it like, well, yeah, I've been lying to you for 10 right. years. That you say this you is- You work it in as this part is of the tradition. tradition. Yeah. Exactly. And, and it talked about using the word myth- and tradition instead of yes. lying and fibbing. Sure. And um, how it helps children. It's it's healthy and good for children to have a fantasy life. Yeah. And, the, and quite honestly, it's good for adults to be able to let their brains go into fantasy at times. Yeah. Because sometimes we get so caught up in, you know, well, that's not real, so I shouldn't even be thinking about that. Sometimes our brains just need to go to play sometimes. Yeah, dude. Sometimes we just so, need to let out yeah. some steam and so, believe in some stuff that doesn't exist. <laughs> Speaking that's why of- the Loch Ness Monster is there. <laughs> that's right. So, so if we want our mental health to be good, we do allow ourselves to fantasize mm-hmm. sometimes. So in, in the, the bottom line of that study that I really liked, and I it reminded me of your childhood, Anna, is that, you know, talking about the idea of, for in our family, we were Catholic Christians. So we talked about St. Nicholas, mm-hmm. who was a real person mm-hmm. who lived around the year 300 and was a very good guy who shared his wealth with people who needed it. And that's yeah, the his, roots of his, Santa Claus. His myth grew out of very good sources. Right. Out of he very, was a, yeah. yeah. And so so we continue, we continue to be the spirit of saint nicholas sure. we continue to be yeah we, we are santa claus yeah when we, we took, love each other we and took share. forward that good stuff from santa and it's right. gotten a little out of hand right. so we need to pull so it back a of course bit. it's always parents right to not yeah. teach their yeah. children about santa claus obviously but i guess what i would like to do is validate those of you who do maybe have sure. children and you kind of feel well maybe i'm i shouldn't be lying to them right just be aware that you are growing their little fantasy it's fantasy brain. it's it's make-believe it's mm-hmm. pretend and those are all really good things to play with things. our kids that's good i also think it builds some empathy a little bit it's a it's an opportunity to build empathy because if you tell i mean kids learn that the the that that fantasy maybe gets revealed to them at different times in their life right so it can be important to have that conversation with your kids like other kids may not know so uh-huh. we're gonna keep that we're gonna we're gonna keep that fantasy for other people right and it can be like a way to preserve that and use that empathy to be like we don't want to hurt their feelings so like let's let's that's, keep that going that's a very good idea yeah Okay. Okay. Sum it up with bad jokes, baby. I'm talk about bad jokes. Bad jokes in Christmas? What? So here's the thing. Do you know what a Christmas cracker is? No. So I thought when I heard it, it was like a like a saltine oh, sort of cracker. Pull and yeah, it's it's okay. like a little popper where okay. you you pull it. It's like foil or whatever, and you pull it. Pull the ends, and there's and it, little treats in there yeah. or whatever. So this was made um, in 1847, uh, invented by a man named Thomas J. Smith. He invented the Christmas cracker, and apparently there's little jokes inside of these Christmas oh, crackers. I did not know that. So this this little survey slash study or whatever. 
found that almost no one thinks those jokes are funny. <laughs> they're <laughs> they're like those things that are on Laffy Taffy. Yeah, they're little... really they're very yeah. groaner jokes. Yeah, yeah. This was an online survey of two thousand people, and the top rated joke only got like twelve percent of people oh, to no. smile. Oh no! Oh no! So for posterity, would you like to hear what the top please. rated joke is? Please, please. What do you call a penguin in the Sahara Desert? So sad. I don't know what. Lost. <laughs> <laughs> we'll laugh at anything. That won't we? Uh, <laughs> oh, and I'm going to test that theory because I picked out some real zingers. Would you like to hear yes, some please, more? Please, please. Did they make you laugh? They made me go, oh. oh yeah, okay. <laughs> what carol is heard in the desert? Boy, the desert's a big theme. It is. The- <laughs> uh, what carol? It's going to be a carol person, right? What? Who? Oh, camel ye faithful. Camel. Oh, my gosh. Oh, camel yeah. ye faithful. Okay. What okay. is Santa's favorite place to deliver presents? My house. <laughs> <laughs> was that the answer? No. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I No, that was just it. funny. I don't get it at all. Okay, what's the real answer? Idaho ho ho. Mom is giving me such a dirty look. I didn't write these. <laughs> Okay. Take responsibility for reading them. <laughs> Fair. What says O O O? I don't. Uh, my brain goes to the gutter. I'm sorry. <laughs> what, okay. What? These are Who? these are very family what? friendly. Children. Santa walking backwards. <laughs> uh, that's kind of funny. Actually, it's kind of funny. I don't mind that one terribly. Yeah, that's pretty good. Okay. What do elves post on social media? Elfies. Elfies. Good job, mom. <laughs> Have you heard that one before? No, but really? I, just, I you got it. I'm really smart like that. Okay. You know, I'm so techni- <laughs> technologically advanced. I know all about the Elfies. I know all about it. Um, okay, so this one is, I'm going to read what the actual, like, setup is, but then I'm going to make a better setup, okay? Oh, okay. What does Santa clean his sleigh with, or what does he use during a pandemic? Something antibacterial. What? 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 Anti sanitizer. Oh, that's good. And that your, would... your follow up was yeah. Thank that makes you. More that one's sense. better than yeah, the, yeah. they should just let me write. You all the built Christmas it into a better joke. Yeah. Yeah. I circled yeah, it around. Good. Yeah. So that I, I'm going to leave it up to you. That could be kind of how we end. But I also have gathered some Christmas would you rather's if you would like to do some of those. <laughs> You know those like would you rather questions? Oh, okay, would you okay. rather this or that? Yeah, let's do that. Okay, let's do that real quick. Do we have time? Yeah. We have are a the minutes. are the sipsters going? Oh my god, this this episode is going on way too long. Are they like? Oh We've my been god. actually recording for like under an hour. Oh well, hey, let's just keep partying. Yeah, then. yeah, yeah. yeah. My rum chat is almost gone. Though, uh, yeah, so. we need to at least finish our drinks. Okay. <sighs> would you rather have Frosty the Snowman for a friend or Rudolph the Rain Nosed Reindeer for a friend? Absolutely, Rudolph. Yeah, because he flies right. He flies and he doesn't melt. Cause you that know, is a good yeah. point. <laughs> you have to always be somewhere cold if Frosty's your friend. That is a yeah. very good Rudolph point. is very cool. Would you rather- He also has that cute little voice. <laughs> well, he, not so much when he took his cap off his nose. He kind of talked normal. Okay. Would you rather live in a giant gingerbread house or ride on the Polar Express? I guess ride on the Polar Express because I would like to go see Santa. But also, why would you want to live in a gingerbread house? <laughs> Unless it's you delicious. really liked it. Yeah. Do you like gingerbread? It's okay. Yeah, I don't think it, it wouldn't turn me on to have a house. That's not one of those things that I really associate. Like, I associate, like, visually gingerbread men as, like, mm-hmm. a Christmas thing. Mm-hmm. But I don't really, I don't, we never made, like, gingerbread cookies or whatever. No. So, yeah. Would you rather be one of Santa's elves or be one of Santa's reindeer? I am one of Santa's elves. <laughs> I'm one of Santa's so reindeer. <laughs> I'm Vixen. <laughs> that was amazing (laughs) that was like what are your top 10 you know you say that every time hey 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 Hey. Hey. (laughs) that was a good one though fixing was good okay uh let's see this list is not my favorite let me get one of the other ones I was looking for these lists while my husband was trying to sleep last night, so I kept, like, waking him up to Aww. ask him, like, would you rather questions. Poor guy. Sorry, Nathan. <laughs> it's not easy being married to a podcaster. Yeah, really. It's not being easy being married to me. 
Uh, would you rather take a ride on the Polar Express or on the Grinch's sled? Polar Express, because the Grinch's sled looks extremely dangerous. I guess. I told Nathan I want to help the little dog. Aww. Aww. You know that little dog kind of reminds me of Titus Kind of a little bit. bit. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe that was his first gig. Would you rather go shopping with Ebenezer Scrooge or Cousin Eddie from the Christmas Vacation movie? Oh, that's a tough one. That is a tough one, God. <laughs> Neither one. I think Ebenezer. I think so, too. Because Eddie is just too far. Well, Cousin Eddie, in the Christmas Vacation movie, there is a bit when they're in a store, and there is there is an established precedent of him using the, the other person's money to buy things, mm. like taking advantage of their money. So Ebenezer... He would just say, don't spend it. Right. But you could be like, shut up, Ebenezer. <laughs> buy it anyway. <laughs> could try to talk Ebenezer into being a good guy. Maybe. Mm, would you rather have a snowball fight or make a gingerbread house? Make a gingerbread house because I'm really bad at snowball fights. I can't, I can't bad at snowball fights. I fight. can't get it into yeah, a good Yeah, I can never get it to stick either. I know. I, there's a, there's a, some kind of secret to it that I don't know. Would you rather give up one family tradition or start a new one? I'm going to flip that around. If you had to get rid of a family tradition and replace it, what would you get rid of? If I had to get rid of one? Yeah. That's hard because this year we kind of are doing that. Yeah. Well, let's let's just do if you if you could implement a Christmas tradition, what would it be? Okay. Well, one of the things we did when you were little that we only did for a couple of years but I thought was really fun was we did 12 days of Christmas and every day you got a little Do you remember that? No. You might have been too little. We had like little presents. Oh, it's okay. almost kind of like a Hanukkah thing. Kind of, yeah, have, it sounds you know, like it. Yeah, but for the 12 days of Christmas, from Christmas to Epiphany, each day you would get a little tiny, just a little something. And that was really cool because that, that way cute. Christmas wasn't just one day. Yeah. It went on. So if I had it to do over again, like your childhood, I would have kept that tradition. We did it for just a couple years and then it was, quite frankly, it was because it was a lot of work, you yeah. know, to come up with 12 little presents. That's kind of, um, I've seen like on Pinterest or something, I saw this christmas tradition where you wrap i think they say 30 like you get like 30 books oh. and you like wrap them individually and then every night in december yeah they like i saw that too you unwrap read a story. Or like 20 or whatever yeah, yeah it's kind of like a little book advent calendar uh-huh. basically but i always thought it would be cool it's something that i hope i can implement when i when i have have kids have a family is i would like to get like pajamas every year and then like get a book Oh. So everyone gets in their pajamas, get a book. We all read the book or like play a game. Mm-hmm. Like like ever like the family gets a gift to mm-hmm. enjoy together. Mm-hmm. So like something That's like cool. gift. I don't know. I thought that would be sweet. Maybe one of the things that our sipsters could do is to send us a message about what is a really yeah. cool tradition that you do in your family. Yeah. And it goes back to the ritual thing that we talked about. If you want to tie it to psychology. Let's, you t- know, let's do that, yes. That, that those rituals are very good for our mental health. Yeah. And good for your relationships, building your relationship with your partner and or your children and Definitely. your family. Yeah, if you guys want to tweet us or if you want to send us an email and if we get some, we'll read them on the podcast next time. Right. Which, speaking of, this will probably be our last podcast for at least a couple weeks just because of the holiday stuff going on. We might end up skipping a few more weeks than normal just to kind of get the new year rolling. Um, But we will definitely be back after the holidays to to bring you some fresh, hot new content. That's right. And so no matter what you celebrate, whether you celebrate Christmas or Hanukkah or Kwanzaa Mm -hmm. or winter solstice. Fun. Okay. Or if you just like winter. Which reminds me, when will this drop? Will this drop on the 21st? Yes. Monday? Look at the stars tonight if you're listening today on the if 21st. If it's not cloudy. If it's a, yeah. Because did you hear that? That the planets are lining up to make the that. The planets are aligning. On which the is just what we need in 2020. <laughs> well, I think it's a positive sign. I think it's a good sign. That's what I'm choosing. I'm choosing to believe that's God saying, I know it's been a really hard year, guys, but it's going to be all right. This too shall pass. I'll I'll take that. I'll take that. 
Would you like to thank the Sipsters for listening? I would. And I would I would like to thank you for listening, Sipsters. And I would also like to... Um, this week and every week. Always. We always appreciate you. And even though this has been a hard year, this 2020 has been a challenging year, we have been very grateful that you have been with us absolutely for our different episodes throughout the year so thank you for being with us and for sharing your time with us and we do wish you a happy holiday season whatever Whatever it is that you and your family celebrate celebrate love yeah be sure to celebrate love and know that we love you we love you our sisters yes thank you so much for listening we hope that you have as easy and and as positive a holiday season as you can mm-hmm. in these unprecedented times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Take a drink. I said unprecedented <laughs> times. So, so yes, as always, thank you for being here with us. Thank you for coming with us on this kind of lighter episode. This little, we thought we'd end the year off on just sort of a light little research roundup. <laughs> As always, you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Reforty, and SipSpot on everything. And yeah, like Mom said, that's awesome. If you want to send us some some maybe traditions that you do or traditions that you want to, that you've seen that maybe are cool and maybe we can sort of share those traditions and people can pick and choose what they want to implement. That would be neat. Mm-hmm. Like, a, like a tradition sharing program. <laughs> <laughs> If you want to get a hold of us directly, you can email us at FreudianSipsPod at gmail.com. We're on Patreon, FreudianSipsPod on there as well. And as always, please remember to leave us a nice rating and review. If you can do that wherever you're listening, just that would be a great Christmas present for us, guys. If you just left us a five-star rating. Greatest gift of all. And said, you guys are the best thing that's ever happened to radio. (laughs) That's all I'm asking. I don't ask for much. (laughs) Santa baby (laughs) (laughs) I like a five star review from you oh that's good that's good Uh, okay speaking of music that is probably better to listen to than whenever I'm doing this episode (laughs) our theme music is Sweeter Vermouth by Kevin McLeod and it sounds like this Mm -hmm.